Hello, everybody. I'm Dan Crawford, the editor of Hammy End. Welcome to the 100th edition of the Green Pole podcast. And uh, we've had a little uh, bring forward of this podcast and, and a change of uh, co-commentator, if you like. Unfortunately, uh, Alan Druitt pulled out at the last minute, rather like Bayern Munich on deadline day. Um, so I would say Alan Druitt's replacement but he's far superior to Alan. The one and only Oscar Bloom is with me. How are you, Oscar? Great. Great to be back. How great, are you doing? Great to be back. And, of course, the most important thing is within almost as if Fulham Football Club knew that we had to record this this evening, they gave us a great boost ahead of the return of Premier League football, which is that unbelievably... Not only has Harrison Reed signed a new contract at Fulham Football Club, but so has João Pelinha. I don't think anybody saw that coming, Oscar. Did you? I mean, yeah, as you said, it was it was just not on the cards, really. Everyone, frankly, thought he'd probably be off in January, but lo and behold, he signed a new contract. What that means, we'll see. Yeah, I mean, he may still be off in January. It may just cost Bayern Munich or whoever else a bit more money. But the the quotes that um, are attributed to Polina, and he definitely said them, uh, I'll, I'll just read them out because, again, people might not be, might not have had time. I feel happy. A lot of history happened in these few weeks for me. You heard a lot of things about my future, but I'm just focused on my work at Fulham. I always have 100% commitment with this club. I have all the respect for the club and the fans. Since the first day, they supported me a lot. Me and my family felt this since the first moment I arrived here. I will give everything that I have. It was always like that on the field, outside of the field, in our dressing room with my teammates. I have a lot of respect for everyone here in Fulham, and I'm ready to start again to give my best, to give all my best, and I want to achieve good things. And the key details of this is, it's a five-year contract until 2028 now. And there's a 12-month option uh, on top of that. So, on the face of it, he's committed his future to Fulham. And I understand that there's a significant salary increase for, for João Polina. And that, given where we were, that he was very upset not to be able to go to Bayern Munich. This is a big deal, Oscar. Yeah, it really is. And frankly, no matter what happens, I think the club has put us in a very good bargaining position if we do decide to sell him. And, you know, even if we don't, we've got him for what five years. That's that would, in theory, if we kept him for the contract length, that's more than the rest of his career. So, because he's what, 28, he's going to be 29, as you said uh, before the podcast started. He's going to be 29 in July. And. You know, five years, that's 34, plus another year, that's 35. So, yeah, that, that would be it for him if he stayed I know you like pensioning so no people off early, but I'll just remind you, speaking as a 37-year-old, just about, Tim <laughs> Ream's 35. Yeah, but everyone's saying how good he's, everyone's saying how good he is that he's still playing at a top level at his age, Tim Ream. <laughs> so, like, it, it's more of, like, yeah, it's the exception rather than the rule. What you're doubting is that Polina's going to be as good at 35 than as he is now. I understand that. Um, I like how you've taken the contract absolutely literally. That's excellent. But the key thing about this is, in the absence of our... 
well, he wouldn't even be our second favourite Serbian anymore. Polina is clearly Fulham's best player by quite a way, I would imagine. Most important player. And there was that doubt about how he would perform and, and he, he obviously wasn't in a state of mind to play against Manchester City. And we saw what happened in the second half against Manchester City without him. So signing him up is a big statement, even if it is just a PR statement. It does say to all those clubs that that would have been looking and thinking, well, Bayern Munich got close to signing him. Maybe we could offer sixty-five million in January. I assume the price goes up a little bit, but more more importantly, after losing Mitrovic, um, it shows that maybe we're intending not to be a soft touch in the transfer market. No. Yeah, I have to say though, during the transfer, it looked like we were a bit of a pushover, you know, especially with some of the negotiations, some of the deals that we did, but. Yeah, this definitely strengthens our position and I think makes us look a bit more serious when it comes to negotiating. And then the other element of this, because I know Palin is important, but I'm really pleased that Harrison Reid has signed a four-year contract. Um, he was the subject of a very, well, I would call it a derisory £4 million bid from Wolves. I mean, that's like, I, I can't think of anything that it's comparable to at the moment. Um, but really good news that Harrison Reed has committed his long-term future to the club uh, until 2027 with an option for another 12 months. The game at uh, the Etihad, what was that, 150 appearances for, for Harrison Reed. Um, yep. So, you know, talk to me about how important Harrison Reed is and how pleased you would be to have Reed secured for a, for a long time to come. Oh, I'm very happy. And I think it's important that, you know, Sasha Lukic has some depth because obviously he can't start every game. You know, the man, the man may be a machine, <laughs> but he's not magic. Check your watches, everyone. Like two minutes, four minutes since uh, for a Sasha Lukic mention. Go on. Uh, in all seriousness, though, he's given a lot to this club. And I think he, has, he still has a lot to offer despite, you know, that we've had an upgrade in the midfield in the form of Sasha Lukic. But um, I think, I genuinely believe that he still has a lot to offer and he is a really good footballer and one of the most hardworking footballers I've ever seen. He absolutely deserves a new contract. Seriously, right? Because you're the most English-sounding Serbian I've ever met um, <laughs> and your sympathies certainly don't lie with the England national team. So you can look at this question with a bit of... Um, distance and uh, and observe it um neutrally but does that would, would Harrison Reed feature in an England conversation for you looking at it objectively I mean England don't have a lot of uh, either ball winning or box-to-box midfielders beyond the ones that Gareth Southgate selected and he likes to play Rice and Phillips or Rice and Henderson um, but I thought England looked better, uh, obviously, against Scotland with uh, Bellingham and Foden, more progressive midfielders. Reid's got to be in that conversation if he keeps up the level of performance for the last 18 months or so in the next 18 months, no? Here's my thing. I don't, by the way, I don't follow the England national team nearly as much as I do the Serbian team. So obviously I, not, I won't but necessarily, that's, yeah, answer yeah, the question. Yeah. 
Yeah, yeah. I know. I'm just saying in case I have a bad opinion and everyone starts, you know, getting annoyed. Well, your bad opinion think... is irregular, so get it over with. <laughs> I think he starts over Calvin Phillips, in my opinion. Mm. In my opinion. Mm. Because I don't think Calvin Phillips is all that people says he is. And I think he's just a mate of Southgate's. That's basically why But are chosen. we biased because we watch him a lot? I mean, there aren't many other English qualified midfielders who can do what he can do or has been doing, no? Yeah, but wait, but wait, wait, wait. There's, there's, a, there's a caveat here. Okay. I would start Henderson over him if I was if I was Southgate. So I'd have, I would have, I'd have Henderson. Yeah, I know, I know, I know. But I'm just saying, I'm just saying. If I would include him in the squad, but he wouldn't be starting for me. I get that, That's, but... Surely the longer Henderson plays in that knackered old league for fans of hand chopping and and uh, homophobes in 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 Saudi Arabia, surely he kind of plays himself out of the conversation because you know the kickabout in the local park is a bit more energetic than <laughs> Saudi pro league. No, no offense um, to anyone who's actually to our Saudi playing. listener. Well, there are some Saudi. <laughs> I did enjoy that that we we do seem to have about. 150 listeners in Saudi Arabia. They're all probably shouting <laughs> that I'm uh, I'm a heretic now. Um, I should not go to any consulates anytime soon. Um, right, uh, and that transition to some probably uh, the, the 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 importance of signing both of those central midfielders to new contracts is vital. Given what happened at the Etihad, you know, Tom Kenny got injured and we had to rely on. Luke Harris playing a very different role. I thought he did well, actually. I thought he did really well as well. Um, but your point about, you know, um, Sasalukic not being able to do, not just not play every game, but not fulfil every single role in the midfield. Number 10, number 8, number 6, I think they call it now, defensive midfielder. You know, he's not a superman, however much you rate Sasha, and I rate him highly too. Um he needs some help in there. And since the transfer window closed, I mean, let's talk about that. I thought we were still light in central midfield, never mind anywhere else. No? I, to be honest, I thought we were a bit light in a lot of places and well, a lot of those gaps weren't filled. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I'll get to that. Don't worry. I think we needed a new striker. That was really my main, that was my main target. And that was the one we didn't get. Because Zimenez is good. And I'm not, you know, no disrespect to him at all. But he's not, it's a step down for Mitrovic. There's no other way of saying it. It is a step down. He's not. They're not the same caliber of strikers. They're just not. And I thought, I thought the plan was that we just replace sort of not necessarily like for like in terms of how they play as a you striker. Can't have a striker like for minimum, like. wouldn't you? Yeah. 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 I also think we needed more cover in the fullbacks. I think Balotelli's a bit of a risk because I, I don't. I think someone mentioned that he played for the Milan reserves for a bit after, like, just before he joined us, which is a bit concerning, frankly. I don't know if that's correct, so apologies, but that's what I heard. And so I think it's a bit of a risk. I don't know if he's just going to turn into another Kazoo or, God forbid, Mbabu. So, Thank yeah, I, I'm hopeful. Yeah. But yeah, what about yeah. Castagna? What are you saying about Timmy Castagna? I'm really happy. I think that's a great signing. I think it's good competition. I think it adds some prestige because he's, he's he's one of a he's a pretty well known player. I'm not saying he's you know Harland or anything in terms of reputation, but he's he's fairly well known. So, and I think he'll provide good competition and great depth. 
and he can play both. So, so the thing about Balatore is he's obviously back up for Robinson, but I'd probably say he'd be the third choice left back because if Robinson got injured, you'd put Castagna at left back, probably ahead of Balatore if he wasn't already yeah. playing at right back, if you see what I mean. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So Balatore is sort of the bolt-on option. And, he, you know, he's played quite a lot of games for AC Milan. Not not this season, obviously, but he needed a move. And he, he's got calibre, you know, he's an international player. So... Yeah, but why didn't we get a buy... Uh, a buy so, so, yeah, the, the option to buy him, why didn't we get yeah, that I, I, contract I, I, I mean, so good? Fulham's he's transfer, so good. Fulham's transfer policy is well beyond my sphere of influence. Uh, I, I don't really know what's going on, uh, as is proven by the things I say on this podcast. Um, so, yeah, I, I'm just pleased that we got some people in because I was expecting a bit more on deadline day. We got Alex Awobi, but we've been trying to get him for a long time. And I don't know if you can help me. I'm not entirely sure what Alex Awobi's best position is. I thought he was more of an attacking midfielder, but he can play on the wing as well, left wing. So I would probably use him more in that position because I feel like Pereira has that attacking midfielder position locked down. And I know people sometimes criticise him for being invisible at times, but frankly, he, a lot of the time he's re- he's the opposite. I know sometimes he can be a little off, but his set pieces are always spot on. And he's always, you know, he's always performed to a certain level and he's sometimes pulled off some absolutely, you know, stunning moves in the middle of the park, which I think, you know, I won't, won't be able to replace that. Yeah, I mean, so Iwobi's played all over the place, right wing, left wing, central midfield, wing back, you know, and he wasn't ever present for Everton last season, did really well. So I think Everton letting him go had more to do with getting money for him because he only had 12 months left and he wasn't keen on signing a new new deal. Um, and he's obviously worked with Marco Silva before. So I'd suggest that Silva was quite keen on signing him. But even with a Wobi, we still look a little bit light for me in terms of the squad. But, I mean, the interesting thing is, given these new contracts, you know, I hope Zhao has passed the pen to Kenny Tete. Uh, for instance, so we can get Kenny Tete signed up to a new contract. And then maybe Kenny could give it to Marco. I don't know. <laughs> Silver's still the one that we're all waiting to, you know. I, 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 expect, I suspect he's driving a hard bargain, Marco, to sign a new contract. I'm not sure I'd sign it if I were him. What do you reckon on, on Marco Silver, Oscar? I think he's given a lot to the club, and if and and I'll, and I'll get on to what I think he should do. But if he does do, does decide to leave, I wouldn't hold it against him. He's given so much, and he's you know he's he's gone through us, and you know with with a squad that is it's an excellent squad we had last season. But it's not he overachieved so much with them, and that is down to his tactics and his mentality and the way he trains them. And I don't think we'll be able to replace that, no matter who we'd replace him with. If I were him. I'd probably demand more control over transfers and probably a higher wage because you know who doesn't want to who doesn't want a wage rise realistically. I would probably sign it if I was guaranteed both those things as well as investment because I was under the impression that he'd get a lot of investment in the squad this season. That didn't really materialize, at least not in this window. It might. It's possible it'll happen in January, but we don't know that yet. 
So, yeah, if I could get a guaranteed investment of the players I want, I would want as him, I would sign. Yeah, so he, 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 probably, he probably thinks he can manage in the Champions League because he's done that before. And he'd like to do that. You know, he's demonstrated, as you say, you, you say it's an excellent squad. I'm not sure I'd go that far in terms of, I know what you're saying, We, but we, you know, it wouldn't have been a top 10 squad last season. The no. objective would have been to get, you know, finish up the relegation line. <laughs> and then you've got Polina and you've got Leno and you've got Mitrovic scoring goals in the Premier League. And arguably, if we'd have had a clear run at it, we might have finished in the European positions last season. If we'd have had reliable backup for Mitrovic, then, you know, if he hadn't had to work with on Carlos Vinicius to mould him into that backup, and we might talk about uh, Vinny in a minute because he seems to have vanished uh, from the first team setup. Interesting that. Um, he Fulham might have finished higher, but yeah, the, the question for me, Marco has posed a question, does the club's ambition match my own? And it's interesting reading Harrison Reed's comments that he wanted to be satisfied about Fulham's ambition, and he was. And I wondered if that was a little nod to, you know, some people think we're ambitious, Marco. I don't know. Maybe I'm too cynical. Um, but that's the one we're waiting on, because without Marco Silva, I think you're right. You know, very difficult to replace him. All clubs have to have a contingency plan. A lot of people have said, oh, it's not really a problem because Graham Potter is out there. <laughs> no, not it's, it's not the same. I'm it's not, not it's definitely not the same. I do, you know, yeah, I'm not enthused about Graham Potter. I never have been. He's a totally different type of manager. He's a defensive manager first. And all you have to do is look at how Brighton have uh, progressed since Graham Potter left the Amex and went somewhere else. We're a family show, so I won't mention where he went and bombed out. Um, but yeah. I'm not enthused about Graham Potter. Marco Silva is a genius. Give him what he wants to sign the contract, in my view. Right. We do have some football to talk about, mate, coming up. So, first of all, let's address... I haven't had the chance to address this with you. We thought Manchester City was a bit of a free hit. We played really well for 40, 45 minutes at the Etihad. And then the referees decided to give a goal that shouldn't have been a goal. Uh, well, that's not happened ever before to Fulham, has it? Um, and then we ended up losing quite heavily to Manchester City because we went for it in the second half. Just on the balance of what's happened in August, like Luton feels like a really important game. Luton haven't got any points. Uh, Garth Crooks has said they'll be relegated by Christmas. I see this has fired up Luton. It would be very Fulhamish for us to lose to Luton. On Saturday, wouldn't it? Yeah, it would be. I think I think we need to be careful because, you know, as I said, they've got zero points. But, you know, they still got into the Prem, which is an achievement in itself, especially for a club like Luton, which, no disrespect to them, they've gone a whole lot of way in a few, very few seasons. But what I think is if we, you know, have a convincing win, it'll stave off any, you know, those murmurs of a relegation battle. I think if we, if we lose it's not going to look good for the next few games because I think we can build momentum. This is a good game to build some momentum, especially off the 
back a very hard start to the season, which we did really well in considering it was a really hard start. And considering all this Polinia stuff and the transfer window and all this other all these other outside factors that do play that do play into how well we perform on the field. So I think this could be a really sort of turning point for us and actually building this into a good season, which we wouldn't have thought possible a couple of weeks ago. Yeah, and I would have, I would say as well, you know, Luton have done very well to come from the conference and being deducted all those points in the conference all the way to the Premier League. And they're no mugs. They've got some really good players. They've got some former Fulham boys, two centre-forwards, Elijah Adrobio and Corley Woodrow, who we know well, plus a lot of players who've, proven themselves in the championship and and I don't think they're quite as bad as their early results have shown either. I think as they get to grips with it, they'll they'll certainly not be a pushover. And they may even look at this game on Saturday as an opportunity, given that, you know, in our last home game we barely managed anything. Uh, last home Premier League game, we barely managed anything as an attacking force. Um Oh sorry, something's just coming on the news. So Sorry, uh, it's just Polina's contract doesn't have a release clause. There is no release clause in the contract. Where are you getting that from, mate? Sky. Okay, there is no release clause. Well, I'll wait for our good friend at TalkSport, Alex Crook, to invent a release clause, and then we'll comment about that. Um, but if if that is correct, I mean, that's extraordinary. Uh, I, I don't really uh, understand how we've managed to pull that off, but well played to the man who went down south in a full fiesta. And found us the ginger and Esther. Um, so back to Luton. How would you set us up? Assuming that we, we don't know quite yet who's fit and who isn't. There are some people, Raoul and, and, and Bobby Dex um, played in the, and, and Tim Ream and Anthony Robinson have played in games. And I think the Mexicans still have at least one game left. So Ooh. what would you say in terms of how, how would you set Fulham up to win this game? Go on, give me your 11. Yeah, yeah. Uh, so, obviously, Leno, Tete and Robinson, those are no-brainers. No one, anyone who disagrees there just doesn't watch football. Uh, <laughs> then you've got Bassi and Diop. I'd still start Bassi over Ream. Ream looked better last couple of games, but he's still not been back to as he was last season. I'm not convinced he will be. And also, this isn't the game I want to screw up because, as I said, it's quite an important one, despite the fact it's a small team, which kind of makes it important. In the middle of the park, I'd have Polina for obvious reasons. Uh, I'd have Lukic, again, obvious <laughs> reasons. Um, and then I'd have Iwobi. Now, that's not because, I do want to be clear, that's not because I think he will replace Pereira. I'm not saying he definitely won't, but that's not what I'm saying. It's kind You're of what I'm saying. Time, mate. Yeah, because, because... I think this is a good game to give him some. This is a good game for him to get some minutes to see how he is, see how he's performing, and we can always have Pereira on if he's not performing particularly well. And yeah, I think this is a good game to get him on track. I think Willian and Wilson. Yeah, Willian and Wilson. I'd go on the wings or. Yeah, not Decatur over Reed because we probably want to be more aggressive this game, and Decatur over Reed's sort of when we want to be more defensive in games. And then, if obviously, I would put Vinicius over Jimenez, mm. but the fact that we haven't put him in the last few games suggests that there's something going on there which we don't know about. Now, I don't obviously know what that is. So, if there is a valid reason there why he's not been starting or featuring at all these last few games, 
then I wouldn't start him. But based on the launch that I have available and based on previous performances of Vinicius in preseason and last season, I would start him. Now, Mark Silva knows if let's say he's, it's possible that maybe he's not performing well in training, then I wouldn't start him if that's the reason why, for example. But based on the last performance of Vinicius and based on the last performance of Jimenez in Fulham, not internationally, because they played Uzbekistan. And I'm sorry, anyone who says well done against Uzbekistan. Yeah, it's not something. You yeah, know, we'll scoring a couple away, goals mate. Still got to put them away, come on. So yeah, Vinicius. Vinicius, if it's if there's not a real footballing reason why he's not been starting the last few games. Is that just because Jimenez is playing later tonight and you're just worried about him being yeah. well, being being yeah. ready to start. Yeah, okay. Yeah. I, 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 He's 32. I, it's like a couple of days, I'm sorry. <laughs> mate, I've got to tell you, you'll realise when you get to 32, it's not that old. Um, they do wonderful <laughs> professional footballers these days. Anyway, I'm not arguing with you about that because you're only about five yourself. Um, yeah, yeah. Right. So, okay, it's interesting. I mean, I'd put the counterpoint to a couple of those. I'd say Awobi had some injury problems. Like, I'd have him on the bench. Or you could possibly start him on the left or the right. And uh, or, But it's one of those ones I'd introduce him sort of with 30 minutes to go. Um, And I'd start with Pereira, unless Pereira's got a problem. We, we find out. Interesting to see what he does defensively. Uh, I do think Bassi is a really good option. He's physical. He can use the ball really well. Um, so it'll be interesting to see what Marco Silva does. We're running out of time, mate. So let's go straight to the old score prediction. What are you saying? Who know? And I say this a lot. <laughs> Two nil. Very decisive. Yeah, I'll go for a 2-1 because I'm not, you know, I think it's going to be quite an edgy game. And as I say, I don't think Luton are quite as bad as people are making out. You'd love it to be more um, more comfortable. And I just want to finish, mate. Um, obviously, the weekend's going to be quite emotional. There'll be a tribute to Mohamed Al-Fayed. Um, we, we had a long chat with Alan last time about Mohamed Al-Fayed. It's been a week or so since we learned of his death. Um, obviously, Mohamed Al-Fayed transformed the fortunes of Fulham Football Club and whatever else went on in his life, and there's plenty. Um, we should be grateful for him taking charge of Fulham and putting so much money into the club, at the very least, Oscar. Making us a Premier League club was no mean feat, no? Yeah, I mean, he, you know, everyone has their shade of grey and... While, you know, there were some mistakes towards the end, you know, he we wouldn't be anywhere close to where we are today without him. Oh, definitely. And so to finish then, very good luck to Fulham's under-21s against the uh, public transport bus enthusiast from Hounslow. Uh, that's tomorrow night in the Premier League Cup, uh, under-21 level. Best of luck to Fulham's women. Two wins in a row for... Uh, Fulham women, they're at Salt Dean on Sunday. And of course, best of luck to the Whites against Luton Town on Saturday at Craven Cottage. It's very nearly a sellout. I'm pretty sure the da, 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 will get quite an airing. Um, and we might even sing about the Ginger Iniesta and Ford Fiestas uh, uh, as well. 
Um, so, Oscar, thanks very much uh, for being with me tonight as the uh, the late substitute. I think you might have cemented your place as a as a first team regular here. Um, we <laughs> might have to bench Mr. Druitt for a little while. I don't know what you think about that. Oh well, very sad. <laughs> yeah, you can be the one to tell him. That was Oscar Bloom. Gladly. That that was Oscar Bloom. <laughs> I'm Dan Crawford. Uh, thanks for listening, everybody. Come on, you whites.